Hey everyone, this is Sam Culpepper bringing you the Culpepper Chronicles, where myself and special guests hope to bring you, the listener, more information in regards to self-sufficiency, fieldcraft, survival, marksmanship, gear, and theory with the aids of not only personal experience and opinion, but historical and technical documentation as well. All in the hopes to better prepare you for impending collapse and hard times to come. Now, pull up a seat and let's get down to it. What is up, everybody? This is Sam coming to you with the first official, uh, since I'm not counting the introduction, episode of the new podcast. Uh, I am recording in my truck on my way home from work, so hopefully the uh, road noise is not too terribly bad. So the topic for this, I don't want to jump straight into gear and things like that. I know that's what a lot of y'all are, are listening for. Uh, but this is something I touched on in my Instagram page a long time ago in just a random story comment. And it's still kind of just sticking in my brain. And that's doing the hard things now. Uh, do the hard things now while it's an option versus when it's just a fact of life. So what do I mean by that? Well, sit there and objectively think, when is the last time you had an ice cold shower? Uh, some people, I, I mean myself, do that routinely if not all the time. But a lot of people are so accustomed to having the, the temperature of the water so hot that it burns their skin. Well, post-grid down, post-collapse, who's going to say that you have heat? Who's going to say that you have power to run a hot water heater? Uh, or gas to run a hot water heater? Or wood to burn for a hardy furnace to run a hot water heater? Um, who's, gonna, who's to say that you're going to have running water? So it may be bathing in a creek or a stream. Well, guess what? I don't know if you've ever been around natural spring water. That stuff's cold. So that is one of the things that you can do now to better prepare yourself for the potential future. Um, When's the last time you went a full day, just one day, a single day, without eating? Period. Uh, I do this once a week, sometimes more. Um... Or I will, I will eat an extreme low amount, like just a, a snack on some almonds or something midday. Uh, I routinely do it when I'm at work. The reason being is because while my work is not extremely physically taxing, it is still taxing to a degree. Um, so I'm, I'm then testing my body not only with a lack of calories, uh, but with energy exertion. So when's the last time you went a day or a half day without food? Uh, I know a lot of people do intermittent fasting and stuff like that. Um, but I, I mean, legitimately, go a full day. Just just test yourself, see if you can do it. Uh, obviously, don't put yourself into a health crisis or anything like that. But go a full day without eating. Uh, drink water. Don't even have black coffee. And see how that feels. You can do a half day or a full day every once in a while now when it's an option. When it's an option, it's much much less palatable than when it's forced on you, when you have no other choice, because then you just kind of shrug it on and, okay, this is life and I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with it. So by doing the hard things now, it's going to put you in a better mental state 
in my opinion, to be able to deal with it in the future when it's not a choice. If you're a family person, if, if you're a family man or a family woman, uh, think about it like this. What if the only food that you can scrounge up is enough for one or two people and you're a four-person household? Well, are you the type of person that's going to feed yourself because you're the warrior class? Or are you the type of person that's going to feed your kids because they need the calories more than you do? More than likely, you've got enough fat to burn on your body and they don't. So that's kind of the aspect that I'm going at is... If you can better prepare yourself now, just like with everything, everyone is so big on buying gear and buying supplies and stockpiling and, oh, I'm going to have a billion cans of green beans. Okay, eventually that will run out. Um, but you're preparing yourself physically but doing nothing mentally. And by physical, I don't mean physically training your body. You're, you're hedging your bets with gear and, and supplies, which you still need to do, but without taking anything else into account. So let's, let's flip the coin on that. Uh, and that's what I love about this topic in my mind. Let's flip the coin on that. So now you have, we'll say, went a day without eating. You're probably pretty hungry. I mean, we're, we're humans. We want to ingest food. We need to ingest food because we need to gain calories to, to burn calories. Um, so you're hungry. Now, amplify that by four days. Think about how hungry you would be at day four if you had not ate. Now, think about the mental state that you're in right now. It's day four without eating. You're hungry. Your kids are hungry. They're withering away. What type of, of measures would you go to to get yourself sustenance? Let's, let's say you could not hunt. Let's say you're in an urban area where you may be able to catch a rat or a cat or a dog, but you haven't had any success. So those are the type of people and in the type of situations that you need to worry about. Because let's say you are a stockpiler or you are just better off. You, you have had the luxury of catching the dogs and cats when the other people haven't. And you're sitting in your apartment, and you have food, and you're doing well, but the neighbors next door aren't. And you are not helping your neighbor. You are not helping your community. You're not sharing in your wealth. Um, and they know that. Think about the mental state that's going to put them in, and think about the measures that they would go through to get to you, because that's what you would go through to get to them. Um, if you can think about these things, you can understand how important it is to not only prepare yourself, but to put yourself in someone else's shoes and, and to see the other side of that coin and understand, not necessarily agree with their motives. I mean, no one's going to agree with, or no one that's a righteous person is going to agree with attacking someone else for their goods. Uh, but you can at least understand the why and hopefully better prepare yourself to defend against that. Um, because I got news for you. If I was in their position, if I was sitting there and my kids were looking at me and despite my best efforts, I couldn't feed them and daddy, I'm hungry. And I've got kids that are on the, the verge of dying from, from starvation. Uh, you better believe I will go next door and put four in your face and, and take what's yours. 
It's not that I want to do it, but my kids come first. And it's just the down and dirty, nitty gritty of it. Um, granted, that's not going to be the first thing I want to do. I'm going to try and reach out to you. I'm going to try and see if we can't communicate and build like a sharing system where, hey, you give me food and maybe I can fix the water leak that's been driving you nuts so you can actually have water in your house. There's other aspects to it. But if you can sit there and think, okay, I would definitely kill for my family. Uh, who's to say and blame others for doing the same? It's just something to think about. So the tag on aspect of that is maybe now you can see the importance when I talk about building community and building neighborhoods and doing neighbor security or, or community security or doing security checks. Everyone, everyone calls me crazy when I say that in the area that I live in now, I, I, I dislike, I will not say I hate, I dislike probably 90% of my town just because they're human. And they have actions that I don't agree with and attitudes that I don't agree with. But if we were talking about a true societal collapse, a grid-down situation, subjectively, a vast majority of my town is elderly or young. There's not a whole lot in the middle for whatever reason. That's just kind of the demographics of my town. I am the type of person that I would form a group to do security checks and welfare checks. And stopping by as we went to make sure everyone was okay, noting who needs what help or what food or what items and seeing what we could do to build a community and keep the community together. The reason that is so important is because if you look at the aspect of the lone wolf that everyone wants to be, everyone wants to be the lone wolf sitting in their bunker with every supply known to man, that is not surviving. That That is postponing. Surviving is rebuilding and forming the things that have failed us. If, if we're sitting here in a nation state and saying, oh, our government's awful, oh, our civilization's awful, well, here's the deal. Eventually, you have to build up enough personal accountability to say, okay, look, we have screwed up as a people. We need to fix that. So everything, it, it's, it's almost like a domino effect with the way things go. Doing some accountability now, doing some of the hard things now, exercising, you know, testing your your mental capability, testing your physical capability, nutritionally and physically, doing all of these things can put you in a better perspective to not only thrive and survive, but build and prosper in a a post-grid-down societal collapse. So that's just kind of my thoughts on it. There's a whole lot more that can go into it. Um, I've just always been the proponent of we're not going to be alone. We're going to band together. And you will never have everyone wanting to be on that page because there's going to be the type of person who wants to sit in their doomsday bunker and not cohort with people and and help and share. You're always going to have those people. Um, But... If you, can, if you can get yourself better mentally prepared now by doing the hard things when it's a choice versus when it's just not an option, it's a way of life, I think it's going to put you in a better position, in a better state to survive. Not only you, but your family. If your kids understand what's going on and your wife or your husband understand what's going on because they have had a little taste of it over the years to know what you're talking about, 
it's not going to be a flip of the switch, mommy, daddy, why is this happening? Um, that doesn't mean you need to neglect your, your family, but you can do a little bit now to go a long way in the future. Anyways, it kind of ended up being a little bit rambling. I'm going to have to structure these more, I can already tell, uh, and have some notes to go off of. But that's your uh, Culpepper Chronicles episode number one, the first official, and I hope you enjoyed it.